Welcome to a special chaos edition of Trash Future. You can probably tell... It's the chaos one. You can probably tell from me, Nate, being the person hosting this episode that all is not well in the Trashverse. Actually, everything's great. Riley's on vacation. Alice is taking a much-needed rest. And it's just myself, Milo, and Hussein. How are you all doing tonight, lads? Yeah, it's one of those like weird shows where it's like you're not quite sure what pod you're listening to. It was like kind of like a strange hybrid of all the kind of like mm. side pods. Um, so I'm I'm looking oh, I'm look I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's like you went to a this... Slipknot concert and they just have like there's nine people on stage but you don't <laughs> recognize any of them because they're all the backup Slipknot yeah. guys. Or, or yeah, yeah, this is like uh, uh, the minor people from yeah, Blazing Squad. This, this is what I was going to say. It's not even the minor people from Blazing Squad. It's the Blazing Squad reserves. Um, <laughs> the territorial blazing squad. The territorial blazing squad. <laughs> Psych. I swear that's a bit we've done before. When, I'm when, pretty when sure. When Milo came on 10K, when we talked about the blazing squad for a very long time, um, it was like that thing where I sort of like when I was looking up members of the blazing squad, I sort of noticed that oh shit, they have like reserve blazing squad members in case like one of them got sick or something. <laughs> so actually, there were like twenty something blazing squad members if you like mm-hmm. yeah. counted all of them. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm in 23 Blazing Squad brackets <laughs> reserves. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mark Francois in the Blazing, the Territorial Blazing Squad. Yeah, so effectively, R- Riley is on a on a Scottish hiking holiday. Alice is getting a much needed rest, and we are going to talk about local news in Britain using mm. social media because every single one it's of us. It's called local news. Are your children watching it's it? It's called local news groups. Are your parents mm. going completely insane <laughs> about stuff that doesn't exist? <laughs> I told you last week, yes. <laughs> so basically, we're going to start with a piece that I found uh, from Hanal Othman in the Sunday Times about a council election in Oldham, uh, where, as I understand it, um, they basically we're going to read the piece and we're going to discuss some of the intricate and incredibly British details. No, no, we normally don't do this. We normally don't just read a piece all the way through. But there is so much just pure concentrated Britain plus pure concentrated Facebook, specifically locked Facebook community groups that I thought this was relevant and could also be like the lens by which we interpret all the other crazy local news stories that we're going to talk about. So I'm going to read this, and uh, folks, believe me, it's a little long, but you're in for a doozy. The headline is, did a vicious Facebook fake news campaign finish off a council leader? He was a rising young star in the Labour Party who stood alongside the mayor, Andy Burnham, as Greater Manchester leaders pitted themselves against the government at the height of the pandemic. I love to be a rising star in the Labour Party. (laughs) A party which has a bright future. Ahead a place of it. where people who are rising stars definitely are taken care of and definitely not thrown mm. to the wolves. National media appearances followed for Sean Fielding, who had become leader of Oldham Council, aged 28. A local lad, he was brought up in Failsworth, the area where he was elected to represent, and plays the cornet in brass bands, a proud uh, tradition in the borough. Fucking nerd. Uh, Failsworth. <laughs> Council Baz. <laughs> oh, it's, it's called the own section. Don't like it. It's <laughs> It's not a French horn, it's a British horn, actually. Yet at the, at the recent election, he lost his seat, toppled, he believes, by a vicious social media campaign which accused him and other Labour politicians of corruption and allowing Asian grooming gangs to operate in the town with impunity, and alleged that police refused to act because they were under the control of Burnham. Mm. Sorry, I had a pause here for some spooky Scooby-Doo voices. We say, Asian grooming gang. Yeah, this is a refrain in British news. Fielding dropped from 1,511 votes last time, a resounding victory over second-place UKIP, to 1,281 votes, even though UKIP did not stand a candidate, losing by 191 to a candidate from the the hyper-local Failsworth Independent Party. I I really, I can't get over the fact that this place is called Failsworth. I know, I I was expecting you to react to this. The most powerful (laughs) Anglo vibe possible. The events in Oldham have led to fears that democracy is at risk from disinformation so powerful it can swing elections, allowed to spread by social media companies that will not act, and an electoral commission that cannot act as legislation is, quote, dangerously out of date, unquote. Mm. Fielding, 31, was elected in Failsworth West in 2012, and a year later was joint recipient of a National Young Counselor of the Year Award. In 2016, he and his girlfriend bought a house in the area, and he was reelected with 60% of the vote. 
And that's could- when he became a conservative. <laughs> <laughs> it happens to everyone. Yeah. That's right. That's the British that's the British life cycle, right? Like you, you grow up, you know, left wing, and then you, you sort of go into this kind of um chrysalis and then you emerge as a homeowner and then you immediately start calling for gunboats in the channel. Yeah. That's just <laughs> that's just how it works. Thatcher's masterstroke was making everyone able to even, you know, to buy their homes, whether it was a council home, like a flat in a in a larger estate or or a row house or whatever, because she knew better than anyone that once a British person owns a house, like there's just the inevitable bazification mm. of their entire personality. Yeah, mm. that's right. And, and in a way, Baz, uh, take away all the class signifiers of Baz. There's there's posh Baz, there's working class Baz, there's middle class Baz. It's all the same brainwave. It just manifests mm. itself slightly differently. Oh, absolutely. A community champion who led a successful campaign to slash local bus fares by 30%. In 2018, he was elected to lead the labor group and as a result, the council. Enter Raja Mia, a former charity head and businessman who took umbrage with a local labor MP, Jim McMahon, when he responded to concerns from constituents about no the relation. academy. <laughs> when he responded to the con- to concerns from constituents about the academy schools Mia ran. His schools later shut down. As well as suggesting that Fielding had covered up child abuse, posts by Mia, which, which have been shared in local groups, referred to the, the former council leader as Sean Samosa Fielding and accused labor of voter um, fraud and corruption. Now, uh, I don't know what Samosa is supposed to mean here. Well, I mean, presumably they're accusing him of being like, a, a sort of like, in the same way that people might say like N-word lover, I'm sort of getting that feeling from Sean Samosa Fielding. <laughs> Uh, I'm getting the feeling that we might be dealing with some classic British racism here. (laughs) On polling day, one of Mia's Facebook posts said, quote, worrying news emerging of police being called to multiple polling locations where Asian candidates or their cartel goons are intimidating voters. Oh, yes, the Asian cartels. (laughs) This is all over the place. This is and I I have to I have to specify that the guy making these posts is also Asian. Pablo uh, Patel and his Asian cartels. <laughs> Do not be surprised if there are no arrests. By, n- by now, we all know who the gatekeeper, D.I. Kenny Blaine, all caps, and Andy Burnham controlled Greater Manchester Police are there to protect, unquote. Did, wait, did he just... It's his conspiracy theory that the people in charge of Greater Manchester Police are the mayor of Manchester and de- a detective inspector in the Greater Manchester Police. Because that doesn't sound like much of a conspiracy theory. <laughs> that sounds like how it's supposed to work. In Greater Manchester as a whole, Labour bucked the national trend and held on to the vast majority of its councils, helped in part by a Burnham bounce. But Fielding was defeated. He thinks the online smear campaign reignited historical tensions and played on locals' fears, leading to his defeat. Fielding is not the only one who has battled against a campaign of disinformation. Aspersions have been cast on the Labour de- deputy leader, Angela Rayner, who represents La- uh, Ashton Underline, the parliamentary constituency that includes Failsworth, too, as well as her fellow MPs, McMahon and Debbie Abrahams, and other councillors. The Oldham disinformation campaign has echoes of QAnon, Mm -hmm. the U.S. conspiracy theory that believes political figures to be part of a shadowy global pedophile ring whose followers were among the insurgents that stormed the Capitol building in January. QAnon's theories spread like wildfire on social media, and it is social media that allowed the conspiracies to take hold in Oldham and closed Facebook groups where some of the most powerful local political messages were posted beyond the eyes and scope of the Electoral Commission. Hyperlocal Facebook groups are often controlled by a small group of residents, and posts typically cover everything from offers of free plants to requests for recommendations for a childminder to warning about suspicious characters spotted in the neighborhood. Eight grooming gangs. (laughs) I love, I love the kind of like juxtaposition of like these kind of local because, like, partly it is true. Like these local Facebook groups, um, and I'm like a part of them because, like, at the beginning of the pandemic, obviously a lot of the uh, mutual aid um, groups like set up on Facebook. Um, and it's been like quite fascinating watching them turn from like these very temporarily like optimistic places where, you know, you were kind of like happy that, you know, there was like at least some community into like these weird like settings where there isn't a lot of mutual aid going on, but, um, it's either like people advertising, like their small businesses, um, selling, like selling crystals. I've noticed a lot of these groups like are selling like chakra crystals and stuff like that, or, but like the kind of one thing that has like stuck throughout the pandemic is like all the beefs that like happened in these groups um, and like how you can kind of watch like various gripes between people in the local area. And they're the only people that are like really actively using the group. Um, but it's like, yeah, it's very, it's very funny to me. It's like that sort of like juxtaposition 
um, of like, oh, these Facebook groups can be really helpful for coordinating, but also uh, they're great ways of like snitching on your neighbors yeah. and sowing suspicion into a community that was already like quite hostile to each other to yeah, begin and, with. And, and, and the author mentions that this also, you know, can foray into politics. And the, the article continues, gripes about MPs, local councillors, and general dissatisfaction with the area are often discussed in view of hundreds of voters. But most of these groups are closed to the public, typically requiring those who wish to join to provide details about their connection to the area and sometimes supply an address or postcode. While every billboard, online advert, or leaflet must be declared and costed, Facebook posts come under no such scrutiny. And in Fielding's case, the local residence group, Failsworth Matters, where many of the messages against him were posted, is managed by a small group of Facebook accounts, one in the name of Mark and Kath Wilkinson. Mark and Kath, all one word. Mark Wilkinson, a community activist and former policeman, is the man who defeated Fielding at the ballot box and who won the seat for the Failsworth Independent Party. Fielding had made attempts to defend himself in the group, but he said he was removed by the administrators, as were other people, typically labor members, who had spoken in support of him. The Wilkinsons did not deny abusive material were posted on the page, but say they never posted anything themselves and deleted it when they saw it. Uh, A second local group, Failsworth First, which also contained what Fielding said were some of the most visceral attacks on him, was run by a far-right sympathizer, Stephen Walsh, who was convicted as part of a gang involved in the Oldham race riots. Walsh declined to comment. The number of posts, comments, and shared links in these and other local groups, which between them have a membership of more than 10,000, which referred to corruption and cover-ups by labor, num- which referred to corruption and cover-ups by labor numbering in the thousands, Fielding said, with allegations repeated on a daily basis. Photographs and details about his partner and other members of his family have been shared on Facebook and Twitter by far-right accounts, he said. His pleas to social media companies to do something got nowhere. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, all right. Quote, Sean Fielding and his labor cronies are up to their sick, spelled wrong, necks in the grooming gangs, one failed Facebook comment read. Quote, the labor counselors are too sick, busy sweeping child, child abuse under the carpet at that mosque in Oldham, said another. Mm. Well, there are a lot of carpets in the mosque, to be fair. <laughs> if you were going to hide child abuse under a carpet somewhere, it would, it would at least make logistical sense. This was, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, this is also like the mosque that when the Manchester bombings took, when the Manchester attack took place, um, a couple of years ago, and Tommy Robinson uh, went to, I think he went to um, Oldham. I think he may have went to Oldham, and I think it may have been the same mosque where like, he kind of said uh, that they were hiding weapons in the mosque under the same carpet. It's crowded so... under there. <laughs> there's, there's a bunch of nonce children, AK-47s, all sorts. Yeah, if I was like hiding stuff, I would, you know, I, w- I, would, I would invest in, uh, I would invest in a basement or something. Uh uh, there, there you go, austerity Britain. Yeah. What I love about um, the uh, the sort of like Asi- Asian grooming gangs nutters is that they they're in they, the way they envisage uh, like Muslim terrorists or whatever is basically the film Four Lions. Like they don't, like they can't yeah. actually conceive of actually threatening Islamic terrorists. Like they're all like bumbling. Like well, of course, the only place we could hide this would be under the carpet at the mosque. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, like, yeah, like Chris Morris once again is like the best satirist, mm. uh, the, or the best, the person who's like best able to sort of understand the real psyche of Britain. Yeah. Well, so so this the story continues. The last comment that, that McMahon received was, "You're you're sick up to your neck in a heap of trouble with your Pakistani pedo friends, aren't you, Jim?" Uh, Fielding began to realize how much <laughs> the allegations- Jeremy Corbyn got in a lot of trouble for referring to our Pakistani pedo friends. <laughs> Jesus Christ! They never let him live that one down. Fielding began to realize how much the allegations had cut through when coronavirus restrictions were lifted and he was able to knock on doors in the run-up to the election. Quote, when I was going around, there were people that wouldn't engage with me or engage with the Labour Party because they'd already got an impression of us from what they read in that Facebook group, he said. And people who were willing to engage often, it became so time-consuming that you're having to spend 10 minutes when they would say, what's all this about internet about child abuse? I'm sorry I had to say it in that voice. A Facebook spokesman said, "Uh, blah, 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 who cares? Facebook doesn't care. The point being, they're like, all right, well, we remove pages. They say that, that uh, you know, have violated our policies. But the thing about it is, is they don't actually review any of this stuff until it's flagged. Mm. And that wasn't happening. Um, now, the article continues. There's no evidence to suggest that grooming gangs are operating freely in Oldham, but the smears are powerful because they play on historical tensions. It, this then explains uh, Rochdale. And I suppose maybe I should, I should read this because we have a lot mm. of American listeners who may not be familiar that... Um, at the turn of the century, the town erupted in violence after a long period of strained relations between groups from the white and South Asian communities. They were the first of a number of race riots in towns across northern England. More than a decade later, in neighboring Rochdale, a gang of British-Pakistani men were convicted of long-running offenses, including rape and trafficking of vulnerable girls, leading Greater Manchester Police to apologize for failing to in- investigate property. The ringleader, Shabir Ahmed, 
previously worked for Oldham Council. It was long before Fielding was in charge, but the connection is still used to link the labor-run authority to child sexual exploitation. The social media fire started by Mia has been fueled by the far right, seeking to explore exploit community tensions. And local labor th- leaders say some of those stoking those tensions use Mia's ethnicity to deny their motivations were racist. Hope Not Hate, an advocacy group that monitors and campaigns against far right activities, said that, quote, closed Facebook groups are now a key tool for far right organizing. Mm. Um, so most of the rest of the stuff is sort of talking about the Internet, which we know about and don't really need to go into. But I, I felt like this was interesting because this the phenomenon of closed Facebook groups was something that I had wondered about because mm. like, like you said, stuff with local organizing and, and mutual aid, I saw the same thing in Southwark, but also because I remember hearing stories, people saying like, you, you don't even want to know the shit that's getting shared in the run up to mm. election day in 2019. And I was thinking about this, that like once these things get turned on in WhatsApp groups or private Facebook groups, especially if there's actually dark money, you know, being used to fund people to generate content to put this stuff in, you find yourself in a situation where, yeah, I mean, how do you stop the rumor? If someone's like, you know, I have this deed poll where the guy actually changed his name from John Knotts to his current name. Like if that becomes a thing you're constantly having to fucking defend yourself against, then yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Abu Musa Ab al Nantz daddy. Um, It's one of those things that gets me is daddy. Well, um, so so I'm, I'm I'm interested, Hussein, because it feels like this is something that uh, you you've reported on quite a bit uh, in the past, yeah. and I'm interested what your take is on on this sort of thing, particularly because it, on one hand it's like there's the novel aspect of uh, of Facebook yeah. and Facebook groups. On the other hand, like it's the same prejudice. There's just like a new way to channel it. Yeah, there's a few things going on, and like so, I've got two examples. The first is um, when when I when I did that infamous cafe, like a m- Muslim cafe owner tweet. But I'm assuming yeah, most we of all know and love. Like to, yeah. That we all know and love, and that I hate talking about, but always like recirculates yeah. every few months. Pedophile cafe um, owner saying getting more morning. and more deep fried every time that it's shared after like the 150 different screen caps on like Boomer Facebook group. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, and most of the, the thing was like a lot, of, a lot of these. Um, the kind of reason it gets circulated is, is because it circulates largely on Facebook in groups that like you can't see unless you're a member of, right? Um, so it kind of like makes its way through that ecosystem, um, in these ways where like, it's very difficult. Number one for like Facebook to detect, because again, it's a screenshot it's an image and it's not like a Twitter, like, you know, link or whatever. Um, so, but it's kind of remarkable how it's in both spaces where you see the most kind of sincere, angry reactions. So like when that tweet or the other one about the doctor gets circulated, even if like people, even if like people like me join these groups and say like, look, this was me, this was like a joke. Um, none of it is serious. Like this hospital isn't even real. Um, they'll still kind of like respond with this thing of like, oh yeah, but like, I reckon it's real somewhere. I reckon there must be a doctor in some hospital somewhere who's like whispering. And I, and I reckon there's some, like, um, I reckon whenever I go to some cafe, uh, the, uh, the waiter who I abuse, um, is probably like whispering Quran verses into my (laughs) coffee or whatever. Um, like, and, and this is the thing, I think it kind of like, it plays, as you mentioned, it plays into these existing prejudices, um, that have always been there. And like, crucially, because we're talking about media stuff that main, like mainstream media outlets like the sun, like the daily mail, um, have kind of fostered for like decades. Right. And particularly during like new, during the period of new labor, when like in the last few years, they really went in on the whole, like, you know, um, unchecked illegal immigration, uh, labor bringing like thousands of immigrants coming. Yeah. All this stuff that was like on like demonstrably untrue, but like was kind of seed is like sowed the seed so much for like, I didn't know Milo, if you remember, but during like the 2010 election, like the, basically the, the biggest issue wasn't really like Gillian Duffy and it wasn't really like, you know, Gordon Brown selling off the gold it was about immigration like mm. it was an, it was like one of the first kind of big immigration um referendums uh before we had the actual like brexit referendum mm. um so like you know so then the question is uh I'm waiting for the why... immigration referendum myself <laughs> it will happen like you know the, the lave is wearing um so like you know so then the question is like okay so how does like facebook come into this and this is where i have some issues with like reporters who i don't think really understand like the mechanics of online or like what online actually is they just kind of like think that online is a thing it's like an object but the thing about like sharing on facebook and this has sort of been said by like people who analyze social media and like have written about digital culture and stuff is that 
um, the kind of level of like institutional disillusionment in this country is really widespread. So even things like, even kind of like stuff like right-wing media, you know, mo- a lot of British people don't really kind of buy into, right? They don't like, you know, the, the kind of relevance of the male and the sun, I think is really kind of diluted um, in the past decade. But what do people trust? Remember people when trust- the news was odd? <laughs> That's the time was you'd open the sun and it'd punch you in the face. And then there'd be a woman with huge noggers. <laughs> a bit of a consolation prize, if you will. Yeah. One day, if you ever do a Britonology on page three, I've got some really fun stories oh, about yeah. like customers who, customers who cus, customers who used to come to my parents' shop and complain that yes. like the knockers were too small. I was like sixteen. <laughs> I was sixteen. <laughs> and there was this- you call these knockers? You missold me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the, the point the point that I was trying to make was <laughs> accusing your father of diluting the tits to like that's to right, like make more right. profit. Um, the the point that I was trying to make was that like um you know as as kind of this disillusionment with like media and like printed media and journalists in general has happened simultaneously like people who have kind of like especially like old boomers who have like discovered how to use facebook for the first time and facebook has optimized it to make it easy and addictive for them you know they're much more willing to trust people that they know or like people that are kind of like their friends on facebook and stuff like that um so when they share information from like websites that are obviously run by like far right groups or mm. obviously like fake news outfits and stuff like that, where even if you go on the website, you can see like how horrible the website is designed to know that it's just an aggregation service. Um, they can view that as much like much more trustworthy and they're much more likely to share it. Um, so I really do think that like it's this combination of like nationwide disillusionment, um, but also like platforms and platform like logics that really build into existing dis- forms of discrimination. I mean, the final point, and I don't, I don't want to make the second episode of 10K Post, but like we really need to think about what a Facebook group, a closed Facebook group is and how, you know, even though you have like administration, ad- like administrators and stuff, mm. but not really moderators, like no one, none of these people who run these groups really know how to moderate a platform yeah. or like moderate a forum and stuff. Mm. So it's actually in these admins interest to like let more and more unhinged stuff play out because if they don't, then like, you know, they're going to get all the heat and they're going to get all the shit. And if you haven't ever like grown up on forums or like know how to be a moderator or know how to act towards a moderator, like that can be a very difficult like set of social relations to navigate. Right. So yeah, those are kind of like my overall thinking about why we're seeing much more like we're seeing like a lot of like similar stories to this one. You know, we're, we're planning an episode in the future with uh, cartoonist Rory Blank, who has done some of our shirts, who was at one point a content moderator on contract for a social media company. And one of the points that I would make in talking about this is like you said, Hussein, you know, there is a, there is a, deni- a dynamic when there's a moderator involved on forums. Mm. And, but there's also mm. something that I've noticed with social media is as social media replaced web forums over the course of the last decade, really. Cause you know, yeah, Facebook was big, but most, most adults, like most non-college students weren't really getting into Facebook until the end of the 2000s, the very beginning of the 2010s. Mm-hmm. Facebook groups weren't really becoming a thing until the 2010s. So it really was the last 10, you know, 10, 15 years really this has happened. Yeah. And internet forum culture, in my opinion, kind of, I mean, it was starting to get bigger, but it really, really be- became big immediately, like around the beginning of the 2000s. And then by the mid 2000s, it was huge. I mean, anybody mm-hmm. who was on at the mm-hmm. time, like if you were posting, you, you recognize what I'm talking about. And the point I would make in this is that social media stuff like Facebook, especially in closed groups, effectively gets you in a situation where there, it's almost like there's no mods. Now, it's not completely yeah, unmoderated. Yeah. Like obviously, if, if stuff, if people are putting restricted content, like it, it can get flagged mm-hmm. by Facebook in the sense that if it's like repeat spam of the same thing, or mm-hmm. if, if it's an image or a video, like they have people that they've outsourced into these yeah. call centers who, uh, who have to review everything that goes up to make sure that it's not mm. abusive or prohibited and stuff like that. But my take has always been that like a completely unpoliced space on the internet, unmoderated space on the internet is basically going to become, you know, wire fraud scams or like, you know, email scams, mm. beheading videos, yeah. child porn and Nazi shit. Yeah, welcome, welcome to the uh, to the ug- ugly village Facebook group um, <laughs> as the occasional beheading video. Well, this is what I I kind of love about this is that the, these Facebook groups are like they're so British 
that you'll just you'll just get like some like quite quite worrying like racist conspiracy theories about grooming gangs, but it will just be interspersed with like, yeah, I've got an IKEA dresser, uh, forty quid, <laughs> and then someone going like, yeah. can I collect tomorrow, hun? And then like four kisses. Well, yeah. Yeah, or like, or like a woman called Deborah with like various what you call it, those like filters on their Facebook thing. Mm. Some that says that says something like "I love the dolphins." Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 they kind of like respond to like some fucking horrible news about like um someone getting like mauled by a car or something, and they'll be like, "Oh, that's horrible." XXX. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Or be like, it'll be like they're posting about like a missing dog, but the dog is missing in like Kentucky. Yeah, <laughs> please share. Yeah. Four kisses. Oh my god! I, I, two two things related that I have to say that I've seen online. Uh, one was uh, somebody was it was an like I think it was an Irish poster basically saying something to the effect of like it was literally a someone had made a printout paper poster and put it on a, a street in Dublin somewhere that says like your ma shares lost dog adverts from another country, um, which is. Yeah, very <laughs> mom behavior on Facebook. But the other one was somebody basically saying in like Glasgow, saying like, wow, when I was a kid, I didn't, I never saw this many things for missing dogs. Now I see them all the time. This country is just getting worse and worse. What's going on? And the first reply was just like, Muslims. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, could it be that now you're connected and you get news from outside your local community and or mm. what national newspapers and the TV put well, on? What? what, what? Well, this is, yeah, this is, this is the other thing too. I think, you know, and this is something that like, I think about, I think about a lot and is kind of part of my current like academic research, um, which is about like what happens when you take like quite sophisticated platforms and like, you know, Facebook work, doesn't like work at all, but like it is a sophisticated platform. Mm. It's um, for this is horribly. I always wear a like, black tie <laughs> to log on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like it's horribly dysfunctional. But what happens when you take these sophisticated platforms that like, you kind of already know what their incentives are and you sort of know that they have literally no interest in like community building or like facilitating any sort of like local community and stuff like that. Um, and you take on and you, and you like introduce a bunch of like tech, um, like newbie tech, like boomers mm. onto the platform and you just kind of like bombard them with like a plethora of content, right? Like if you get overwhelmed on Twitter because there's so much stuff happening and like, it's really difficult to like, archive stuff. And like, I've definitely felt it as someone who like works in, like, who has worked in current affairs for a long time, like having to deal with what is effectively like trauma after trauma after trauma that can get like really exasperating. Mm. Um, and I think that like the only thing that sort of like kept me semi-stable is the fact that like I spent my teenage years, like viewing literally the worst websites in the world to the point where like I have now, yeah, like we have like this inbuilt resilience, but None of these guys do. So you're introducing them to like this horrible system that's designed for people that mm. have already been broken by the internet. And you're just kind of telling them to like have fun with it. And by the way, here are all these new tools that like can give you a sense of power and importance in the mm. world, which is also why like a lot of the admins of these local Facebook groups are really fucking horrible admins that sometimes like incentivize the worst behaviors, right? Like in one of my local, um, in one of my local like mutual aid groups on Facebook that I had joined, um, like I, I kind of like dip in and out every so often. Um, like they, one of the admins was like actually like bullying a person on the platform because they were trying to kind of like sell, they were, they were trying to like promote their like business or something like that. And their business was selling, um, it was like selling like, uh, like, um, bespoke pet food, but it was made of, it was like made from like some kind of like animal. Well, what shape um, was the business model of this? Of this <laughs> How would we, if we had to pick one of the classic Euclidean shapes? Well, I mean, I, I, well, like, I think the same yeah. thing too with, um, I signed up to Southwark Mutual Aid and then some more local ones based, you know, specifically where I live in the borough and big mistake. And then also on Facebook as well as, uh, WhatsApp groups. And mm. the WhatsApp groups have almost gone dead. Uh, there's one or two people who are like obviously in dire need and, you know, the council is involved, but these people are just broke. And so like they're periodically asking for help for stuff like electricity and gas and groceries and stuff like that. Um, but then in the Facebook groups, it's it's basically descended into two things. Uh, number one is people trying to give away old shit they don't want, like broken ass old, you know, chests of drawers and stuff like that. Of course. And people losing their goddamned minds about low traffic neighborhoods, which for those of you who are not in London, and, and I don't think these are everywhere in London, they're just specifically in uh, certain boroughs or certain wards. Mm. Low traffic neighborhoods are basically where they have blocked off streets to through traffic. You can go through on bike or on foot, but you can't go through in cars. 
And so obviously that does put some pressure on like the main arterial roads. But a lot of people, as I understand it, have been complaining that in, you know, since the advent of stuff like GPS navigation apps and and things like that, mm. you know, these roads that used to not be that busy because the only people who really knew their way around were locals have become incredibly busy. And so people are, um, they just had to try and block them off and make the roads a little bit less congested. And th- these things pull very highly in terms of favorability. Like It's like, I think something like 65% or 70% are in favor, not just ambivalent, but in favor. The uh, people who have negative opinions of them are maybe 10 to 15% based on the polling I've seen. But those yeah. 10 to 15%- If you're going to come at me on the podcast, call me by name. <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? The 10 to 15% of people who are angry at them are fucking psychos. And they've made it their their life's mission to just like to do weird civil disobedience about low traffic neighborhoods and like or in some cases come and smash up the fucking like the 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 flower boxes and the the the, the benches with sledgehammers mm. in the dead of night to try to clear like no, I will drive yeah. my fucking voxel course down this goddamn street. I don't care how <laughs> much I have to fight. I am Charles Martel and I'm striking a blow for European civilization. That like, is kind wild. of king shit to be honest with you. <laughs> Like smashing up the bollards in the middle of the night so you can drive your car through the next day. That's cool. Like, and, what's very, and what's very interesting about like even the other like LTN stuff, like the LTN stuff doesn't affect like my borough because they haven't like really instituted it. But um, no, actually like, not putting stuff in like that. No, no, because I mean, because they like they well, here's the thing, because they really value like the people in Bexley, they really love cars and they fucking hate bikes yeah. and they fucking so they certainly hate don't have any walk. public transport. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, they have they have a guy with a horse. Yeah, um, yeah horse uh, pass. <laughs> they, have, they have a guy with a yeah, horse. Yeah, does the low traffic um, neighborhood apply to the horse? Are you allowed to, like, jump over them like it's the Grand National? <laughs> well, this is, well, this is the thing, because in, 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 um, in my next door group, um, which I also don't check very often because of, like, racism, uh, um, like the main... Like, like the main man who lives on this street. <laughs> I, believe, I believe he's running a terrorist coffee shop. Yeah, he's uh, also a doctor. You don't even want to know what he gets up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't let him whisper the, um, in your ear. I've been caught that way the, before. The, the, the main two grievances. The main two grievances are number one, um, the Roma traveler community and like horses and stuff. Mm. Um, because the area is like like it was like one of the kind of first um settled like uh kind of communities of like Roma travelers. Uh, and how it interferes with people. How how it disrupts people from driving. Um, mm. and the second one is about LTNs, despite the fact that LTNs do not exist in this area, but they're still kind of complaining about that. They're still complaining that like they're convinced that Sadiq Khan is going to like extend them over here, despite the fact that like the roads around here are kind of so wide that they wouldn't be effective anyway. And there's like definitely mm. not enough. But also like, like it's not Sadiq Khan who's going to gonna be doing it. It's going to be your local council. And if your local council mm. is right. all Tories well, or like, yeah, or like this- Tory adjacent people, they're not going to do it. And this is what I was, and this is ultimately what I was going to say. Well, ultimately what I was thinking. And every time people like talk about local news and stuff, Mm. this is really what I get to, which is that like, we've had like several things happen again over the past decade to kind of get Mm. us to this point where like, nobody knows how their council works. Nobody really knows who's like accountable, but like the play, the public places in which we can talk about politics, either like local or national, um, you know, but in, in this case, like local politics happens to be on these like massive hyper like surveillance incentivized platforms where literally anyone can kind of like jump in on conversations and by extension like distort it through like critical mass right so suddenly like a local issue about like parking spaces or you know the bin men not being hard enough anymore becomes like (laughs) becomes the fault of Sadiq Khan and by Mm. the way do you know that Sadiq Khan when he was a solicitor um represented Guantanamo Bay detainees which means that now like Al-Qaeda is involved and like ISIS is involved in all this remember when Al-Qaeda were odd I was thinking yeah, about it too, Hussein, because you told me, uh, and I had no idea about this, but you told me this when you were on Hell of a Way like two years ago, that you know a lot of stuff with the BNP basically started, they built up their Facebook following, basically doing a page about like, animal abuse is bad, here's cute pictures of animals, yeah. and then as they- Oh yeah, that's a classic, yeah, like hang the dog murderers. And and that was like Britain first as well, like they they kind of like set up a bunch of these pages that were just like posting cruelty to dog videos in order to kind of like- bring like critical support and then like slowly or like not even slowly like quite relatively quickly they kind of changed all the graphics like Britain first and like even though they were still posting dog content as a way of like bringing people in um they would kind of suddenly start kind of posting uh you know 
uh, like mobile phone videos of like, you know, various like, Im- like, you know, Muslim immigrant like, or like Muslim groups, like going for prayers or, um, you know, when the East London mosque on Fridays kind of does the uh, call to prayer, um, filming that and kind of like getting all the sort of like suburban mums called Deborah, um, really scared. Right. Yeah. I mean, if Jihadi John had beheaded a fucking, uh, a staffy on, in one of those videos, there would have immediately been raised a sort of volunteer brigade of Baz yeah. who would have gone over there it- and sorted ISIS out in no time. What? Well, I genuinely, I genuinely think that like British people would care a lot more about like international conflict if like they showed more dogs like oh. injured. The day that the IDF kills a dog, it's over for them. <laughs> right. Like Baz will be over there. Him, Baz and Deborah will be fucking in Ramallah, fucking hurling stones <laughs> at every IDF officer they can find. <laughs> what, what, what gets me about it is, yeah, I mean, and, and, and I know we're going to move on to some extremely uh, local news that you guys have collected, mm. but. My, my take was the LTN thing because it was weird when I, I saw the uh, I saw the Facebook groups pop up at the beginning of the pandemic for mm-hmm. mutual aid and they were very active and people were sharing stuff. A lot of people got involved and then they died off. And what's left of them, like I said, is intermittent sort of like, you know, take take this junk off my hands posts and yeah. stuff about LTN. Please come touch my junk. <laughs> Exactly. Well, no, that's that's the WhatsApp groups. Periodically, we used to get spammed by Boris, like pro Boris mm-hmm. copy pasta nonstop. Now oh, that's okay. died off. And then basically every it'll be like the, the, the same admin trying to find, you know, people to give money to the same one or two people who are you know in need, desperately in need, but like, you know, are not getting taken care of by the council or it'll just be like a porn bitmap looking image. Like it looks like a porn ad from 2004. With like oh, a woman sucking a dude yeah. off or something, and then like a link to it, and it's just like, God damn it, again. You get yeah, your phone, your phone <laughs> vibrates, and it's just like this. I was promised milfs in my area. Horny mums in my area were supposed to yeah. get in touch with me. Like, I hate Sadiq Khan in his low milf areas. Bring back the milfs. <laughs> the, the the Sharia brigade are trying to ban milfs from our neighborhoods. I'm still I'm still just <laughs> laughing at the idea that the guys who would come into your family's store in in um what, your store was in in Lewisham, what was it, wasn't it? Or in no, it was in Woolwich. Like, no, it was in it was it was yeah, it was in Woolwich. Yeah, your your mm. family. I'm just that guys would come into your family's store in Woolwich and be like. They're adulterating the boobs. Like these, this this <laughs> store has smaller boobs on page three than any of the other proper British shows I go to. No, they were just they were complaining generally. But I think this was like I was still in school during this time, so it was like one of those weekends where I was like working, and um, there was always there's always this custom about like would sort of like come in and try to kind of have any sort of kind of conversation, um, yeah. but you would have to entertain as like part of a job and. It just so happened that like on this occasion, the conversation that he wanted to have was that, um, uh, due, like, well, I don't know whether it was due to political correctness, but basically it was like, he was complaining that the boobs on page three aren't bigger, aren't as big as they used <laughs> to be. To go into the jugs. Yeah. And yeah. then Hussein yeah, was, was like, basically- you know, there's a special Arabic phrase you can say that makes the tits bigger. Guy, <laughs> <laughs> You'll just repeat after me. <laughs> dude uh, you 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 joke but i'm not kidding when i was in afghanistan this absolutely happened to me one time a guy was like hey you know there's this there's this expression you're learning pasto there's this expression that uh, we use in afghanistan it's just like a thing we say to good for good luck you should learn i'm like oh what is it and he's like uh ashadu and and i was just like i know what the shahad is no 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 he's like, no, no no it's a local thing it's a thing we say in afghanistan you just, just say it with me just say after me ashadu and la ilaha ilaha i was like <laughs> He was he was doing you a favor. If you mm. if you died, you would have you would have died a martyr. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I just I just I just love the idea. Yeah, uh, Hussein has to do that to make conversation with the guy who's mad about the posting his elves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, the Afghans I, inadvertently I mean, I, turning ISAF into a jihad force. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't even sure what to say, but not least because like I don't think the boobs were smaller. I think that they've been varied for a long time, but like. After a while, when you see so many boobs printed on like low quality, like with low quality ink on like newspaper, um, like it all will, it, it all will get blurry. Mm. Well, I mean, so I, I guess the thing I've got to ask then is, I feel like your larger point, Hussein, I definitely agree with that what mm. you're seeing in the piece in the Sunday Times that we were talking about is sort of like the reach of these platforms, the the sort of confidence people have in people they know in their own lives and the utter distrust they have of national media and basically of national government or local government, all sorts of things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But the way that it's then manifested comes out in these just like 
shockingly British things. And I mean, okay, don't be wrong. In America, there's all the things about like the best of next door and stuff like that, where people on next door sure. just posting the most insane shit. And there's yeah. Facebook local groups and things like that too. That that all exists. Yeah, but yeah. obviously in America, it's like it's, it's like much more. Like, I've seen a black person on my yeah, street. It's like, it's like it's like stranger danger and intruders and stuff like that. Whereas yeah, here, yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's just it's just got its own local flavor. And, and so I guess I, mm. I I ask you that question because I want to know. I want to hear what weird local news is circulating in your area besides horny milfs. Yeah. I was actually just before we get onto that, I was going to throw up another thing about the the, the page three thing because this reminded me of something that happened. I think it was like summer twenty twelve. Um, when the British government brought in this weird law that all the lads mags that they sell and news agents and stuff had to go on the top shelf and they had to be put in these like um like uh, modesty jackets, so you could you could read the name of the magazine, but all of the like sexy ladies on the front were like covered up by this like <laughs> grey jacket. Yeah, they, they gave they gave the mag they gave the magazine a burger. yeah exactly that, that <laughs> was, was the say. joke that all of the newspapers were making that it was like a because oh, it did because it was like they had this like narrow window at the top that to show the name of the magazine. <laughs> So it looked like a niqab, um, but like on Nuts magazine. <laughs> it, I feel like there was, oh, you know that guy, what's his name? The suff, like his Twitter thing is like the suffragentleman or something. Oh and he's no. Just like, and, and, he's, and, and he's just like a fucking, just like Paul Joseph Watson ass, uh, right, right, right. Uh, like right wing loser. But I think that like, that was the, the moment he became like, yeah, that was the that, that was the point where he became like really radical. Cause he used to be like, an, he used to be like the editor of Nuts or something. No. Yeah, I think he was like the editor of Nuts or Zoo or something like mm-hmm. that. And I think like the mo- the modesty jackets thing might have been the moment where he became, but where he just got like, where he just got radicalized. Growing up, we were all Nuts guys or Zoo guys. That was the real divide. <laughs> yeah, that and Max Power, that was a very different um, subset. I was a very classy person. I, I used to sneak, I used to sneak watch, but I, I used to like sneak into, uh, sneak into the, uh, the storage room mm. um, in the shop and I would browse through some of the pages of FHM yeah. that way in case my father was really, my father found me. Um, I would just say that I was perusing some of the articles. Oh, of course, classic. Um, yeah, there's an interesting article about Islam in this one, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I think I, I was never, I was never a lads, a lads mags guy. I never had the balls to purchase myself a lads mag, lest I'd be caught. I was very much a like PlayStation Two magazine guy. And then, <laughs> what, what would people have said if you had bought the lad mag, though? Well I, well, I mean, <laughs> when I was a child, I think my mum would have had something to oh, say okay, about okay, it. Okay, never mind. Um, I thought then, you meant like it's like a teen or something. Well, no, but even as a teen, like my mum would very much have had something to say about it. Um, and then, but then I think when I was about like fourteen or fifteen, I decided I was cool, and then I stopped buying PlayStation Two magazine and began buying like Q magazine. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, like, it, I'm going to read this article about Jack White. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like I remember asking my mom if I could get the sports illustrated swimsuit Mm. edition when I was 13 and she just bought it for me. I think in the back of her mind, she's like, well, at least he's straight. Uh, She's like yourself into a frenzy. (laughs) son. As long as it's chicks. It's just funny to me too, because I mean, my, my parents, my, my, she was just used to the German dogs eating pussy magazine (laughs) that you had as a child. (laughs) I was like, yeah, you know what? Fine. His his tastes have gone more normal. For fans of the show who have not listened to the very first Balthazar Speedboat, I'll give you the summarized version. When I was six, I was excited. I was really into heavy metal. Mm. Uh, my parents thought they could cure me of this or that they just indulged me a little bit by buying me a German heavy metal magazine. It did not, in fact, cure me. I cut out mm. all the pictures and put them up on my mm. wall. As like, And we're talking shit bands. A taste for we're talking bands else. like fucking Queensryche. Like Queensryche and fucking and Poison and Rat and bands, like awful bands. But uh, the point I'm trying to make here is there was also a a weird cartoon in there about like uh, a dog that eats out the master's wife while the master is gone, and then the master comes home, sees this, shoots the dog, and then starts going down on his Maybe wife. Where the dog was um, horny, and so I. And so I, having read this at age six and being like, I'm supposed to find this funny, I think I just very like blase sort of in a six year old way, described this to my parents like, oh, yeah, it's really funny. Ha ha. This is and they just you can imagine how fucking crestfallen they were. And they immediately took the magazine and fucking threw it in the fireplace. <laughs> Devilish. <laughs> because. Uh, Devilish heavy metal. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. I, and bear in mind, this is this was in like 1990. So uh, uh, I'm just laughing because I'm now I'm imagining you trying to be cool buying Q magazine or buying a lad mag uh, and uh, learning all about, I don't know, Lynx Africa or something oh, like yeah. that. Well, as a British boy, <laughs> you never had to learn about Lynx Africa. It was bought for you every Christmas from the age of about seven. 
in a, in a gift set by some sort of well-meaning uncle. I probably have like uh, enough links Africa to like blow up a state building somewhere, somewhere in like a <laughs> cupboard. So I, I pulled us a little local news story here because I feel like the thing that most that most summarizes um, uh, the British uh, local kind of vibe is anything to do with bins. I mean, we've talked about this in great detail on the podcast yes. before. Uh, there is a Facebook page that I follow that I would recommend to anyone called Angry People in Local Newspapers. And and all they do is share just like <laughs> cursed local news stories. Um, they have a number of memes on there, such as one they call Compo Face, which is when someone is in the local newspaper trying to campaign to get compensation for something. And they're always doing this like annoyed face. Um, uh, they, they also give out awards <laughs> for people pointing at things. They'll be like routinely like residents angry at potholes and then like some local newspaper photographer will just get them all to stand in the road and like angrily point at the pothole. Um, but this uh, this is a classic one that I found on there. Like literally, it took me about five minutes to find this, if that. Uh, this is from uh, News and Star, which is in conjunction with the Cumberland Times. The headline is, Brampton woman adapts Sinead O'Connor song on uncollected bins. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, folks. Um, <clears throat> the article says, Nothing compares to your bins being collected after eight weeks of piled up rubbish. One Carlisle woman took matters into her own hands in a quirky way when she went eight weeks without having her bins collected. For eight weeks, Carlisle City Council had collected her green bins without fail. However, they had neglected her refuse bin. Mrs. Reynolds of Brampton said, At first I wasn't really worried. It was just one of those things. I popped the rubbish in the car and took it to the tip. Since the first time, I've had surgery, so I can't keep doing that. When it was missed again, I spoke with the council, but they weren't very helpful. I suggested not paying my council tax if they weren't going to collect my refuse. I was annoyed and frustrated, but I thought that rather than keep moaning, I would see the funny side. After her operation, the refuse started to build up, and she was told the bin men would collect an extra four bags. Well, I remember when a bin man could carry eight bags, actually, because uh, they were so strong then. Um, after this, <laughs> she decided to decorate the bins with altered lyrics from the iconic Sinead O'Connor song, Nothing Compares to You, and also added a play on words saying, would you like to guess what the play on words she added to the bins was? Because it, you're going to lose your fucking minds. The clue is Aww. that her green bins have been collected, but her refuse bin has not. Mm. Is she going to call her like call herself like a refusee or something like that? Oh, you see, that would be good. That would be better than what she's done. <laughs> is her refuse bin blue? Uh, no. Uh, refuse bins in the UK are usually black. Because okay, I have green refuse bins and blue recycling bins where I live. So, oh, wait. Oh, God. Uh, wait, okay. wait. If the refuse bin is black... I think Nate's uh, getting there. No. Oh, no. <laughs> did she say black bins matter? She fucking did. Oh, oh, yes. oh, oh, God. Yeah, that's fucking right, lads. Oh. Since she put up the sign, she said, I had one person say it was offensive, but a man who said he was from the council stopped to take pictures and apologized. <laughs> See, it's funny because... For one, this is like passive aggressive and twee at the same time. Makes it extremely British to me. Mm. But then also, I'm just reminded of where I live. There's a guy who's got uh, his bins. It's on like a like a more red, like heavily trafficked road than the road I live mm. on. And his green bin, he has has written the number on the front and on the back. He's written in, in a very aggressive block lettering. If you touch my bin, I will kill you. And, <laughs> and that, yes. that to me, I was like, I was like, you know what? British politics is just kind of this. This is it. The most active I've ever seen my neighborhood WhatsApp group is when the bins we don't must get collected. Defend the bins. That is all we have left at this point. Because yeah. there was the, there was like there was a guy who was because where I live they don't have regulated parking, and so our street um, and you know ones nearby it like if you can get a place you don't need a permit. So people will be parking in and out, and and folks will sometimes park like if they mm. live down the street, but sometimes it'll be like visitors and so on and so forth. Well, there was a guy who was parking because we, we we live on a row like a dead end row. There was a guy who was parking a, like a sprinter van. He lived nearby, but like you know, periodically he would park it on the corner because it was kind of an open spot, and that was blocking the uh, the entrance to the row. So like the the rub it basically like the 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 crew would come through and they just like yeah fuck it we can't get down the street we're just not going down it and they wouldn't collect you know either the refuse or the recyclables, um, and so the, the 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 WhatsApp group went fucking bananas 
they were like we're been gonna, abandoned by the bin exactly they, they they were like we're gonna put up we're gonna put up like a like a, a word of caution letter on this guy's thing their report is played someone's like maybe we should cut his fucking tires and i was like <laughs> well wouldn't that defeat the whole purpose i mean surely you want him to move the van not have the van be immobilized by you cutting the tires but i was like <laughs> no but that would that's there's nothing more british than that like i hate that this van is outside my house so i'm gonna slash the tires uh thereby it's kind of happened in my area too because like as during like as the lockdown sort of gone on um mm. like Several, like there have been a few people in like the little cul-de-sac that we're in who have um, like started like businesses. So they've bought like vans and everything. And like when mm. the, when this kind of neighborhood kind of uh, when it first emerged, it was designed so that like each household only had like one car and it was mostly for like old age pensioners and stuff like that. Obviously over mm. time that's changed. So now you have families with like two or three cars and everything. And like car drama has basically been like the main drama for the past like few months. And there was, you know, my neighbor like who is only ringing, like she rings my bell basically every day, but only to kind of complain about cars. Um, and she was telling me like a few months ago, but like she was planning on like slashing her neighbor's car. And I was kind of like, I don't think you should do that. Cause I don't think it solves your problem, but also like, you're telling me this during the day in an open space. Like if you're going to slash your neighbor's tires, like maybe you shouldn't tell me you're going to do it. Um, to begin with, oh, can't you have a word with Mammy about a car? <laughs> can't he do something about it? I'm not a religious woman myself, but surely, you know what? The conversation, the conversation wasn't actually that that. Like, it was like, do you know anyone from the council who can do that in that type of voice? I was mm. like, no, I don't know anyone from the council. Like, you know. Just talk to your neighbors. You don't have to slash their tires. Well, I that's guarantee the thing, you. isn't it, though? People don't want to fucking talk to their neighbors. They're so aggressively non-confrontational, but also passive aggressive about it. Yeah. Like they want to, they want people to pick up on stuff. So rather than ever just clearing the air and discussing what the problem is, they just like either complain to each other or try to find ways to register their displeasure without actually confronting it. Yeah. That has led to my observation that the American dream is owning your own home and owning your own business and all of them are based on racism and being able to like racially exclude people you don't want in your home or business. Whereas the British dream is staring out your curtains, watching your neighbor get hauled off by the police and it's someone you've hated for 10 years, but you've never confronted him ever. Yeah, basically. Like, I, oh, yeah, I think basically yeah. you're right. That's the only time those people nut is when something like that happens. <laughs> that's, that's the best hit. That's the best. It goes. Like neighbor, neighbor drama is such a running theme of British life. I remember there's there's a guy who like lived next door to my parents for a long time who was quite difficult who had this hedge that was like overgrowing into our garden and um he came round and offered he was like quite belligerent and he came round and offered my dad that like he would hire a guy to like trim the hedge and he would like split the cost with my dad and my dad was like but it's your hedge <laughs> he was like yeah but i thought we could spring again and, and apparently my dad just said to him like well i think if i came around and made a similar offer to you you might tell me to fuck off jeff and he's like oh and he goes so i'm telling you to fuck off <laughs> and that's just like that's as that's as you know confrontational as british people ever get but that's the thing is that now you have facebook groups to fucking then accuse jeff of running a grooming gang so that everybody exactly, runs yeah. out of the neighborhood. Right. And, I, and, I, and I do. Yeah. Yeah. I should stress Jeff is not his real name. Don't try and hunt Jeff down. Yeah, and I do think that you're right about this. I think it's like, um, you know, like kind of, and, you know, I, I've joked about this before, but I do think that this is genuinely true that I think we're heading towards a kind of like local and national politics where basically every sort of election is a referendum on like who's a pedophile and who isn't. Um, mm. And I do think that like that's basically going to be used as a way. All of, that like, changes is whether that's good or yeah, not. Yeah, that's <laughs> like whether like, whether that's actually a plus point. Right, or... right. Like yeah, it's, like, it's not. He's not even kind of like consistent in that way. But I do think that like you know, um, I have heard stories about like neighbor in like in in my area of people who have like tried to call the cops on their neighbors because they rude. They so they don't like them over like the most petty thing, like parking too close to a garage or something. And they'll try and they'll get the police to come mm. faster by saying that, Oh, I think like kids are kids are inside there on their own. Well, the thing about it is, is that like, okay, this is a problem in America. We've talked to uh, Ryan Broderick years ago. And then Vincent Bevins also about this, for example, in Brazil, you know, this being a problem that, you know, sort of 
machine gun WhatsApp groups just blasting out insane memes to all of the faithful and stuff, flooding Facebook, you know, uh, Facebook integrating with WhatsApp so that you can, you know, send articles immediately to WhatsApp groups, things along those lines make it easy to spread disinformation. And the way that that seems to manifest specifically in Britain, whether it's, you know, with regard to local issues or like local political contests, it always does seem to come back to, and I'm not saying that because this is like the dominant theme, but it just, this is what it seems to be. The things that get people riled up is it always seems to be, he likes Muslims too much and or he's in a grooming gang. Like basically, you are either Muslim or not. Like that is, that, 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 those are the two, two yeah, animated two genders. The two genders. Yeah, and often both. Yeah, exactly. You know, but, but all. Hey, Muslims have nonce me beans. That's <laughs> what I was, was going to say. It's literally like, you, yeah. like the, the scandal is either noncing or Muslims, but it's also all under the aegis of bin collection. Like those, mm. those are your options. In a way, I guess it's not twin poles. There's three yeah. poles and it's just like, it's a big, it's a big triangle and it falls There's somewhere. three poles and that's three too many. <laughs> You're coming over here. Um, but then, yeah, but well, it's the I same mean, thing uh, with turf shit, though. How does a fucking website that's like a forum about like how long you're supposed to breastfeed for or like a woman being like, oh, yeah, my husband keeps a glass of water on the night table next to our bed so we can wash his dick after sex. That forum then becomes <laughs> like, like fucking like like ISIS's magazine, but for turf shit. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, how does um, that happen? It's just for some reason, badly moderated different. stuff, uh, you know, extra- extraordinarily uh connected shit you know like this people people yeah. suddenly being able to connect and bond over their shared hatreds and their shared suspicions and oh, yeah. the total lack of any kind of moderation whatsoever you know in any meaningful sense like yes you'll probably get your shit taken down if you're posting facebook videos or like sex abuse videos or something like that roger but like when it yeah. comes to this kind of stuff where it's you know it's not like on its face so objectionable because it's not like a video of you know I mean, I literally there was, I won't even describe it because, but there was an article in, um, I want to say it was in Wired magazine written years ago about people in the Philippines and some of the stuff that they saw, like, like so horrendous that like, we'd have to put fucking content warnings at the beginning of this episode, like level of bad, but those kinds of videos, yeah, they're going to get taken down immediately because they're going to get flagged by the content moderators. But you know, a closed group basically saying like, I think they're sweeping the grooming gangs under those rugs at the mosque. Like that is also Mm. insane completely insane that's like and the reason they're doing that is because they can't bin them because the bins are that's like fucking radio rwanda shit Mm. but that's not getting that no it's not being treated with the same kind Mm. of seriousness like the way people are in this country like i that shit really freaks me out Mm. and it's just you see how it's all abetted by this stuff like because it just seems to be the common fucking denominator if it's not hating black people or hating migrants or hating hating trans people it's it's like all Muslims are in grooming gangs and and etc. Like they they'll, they'll constantly belabor that point. And so like to me, it's it's British news is always hilarious, but also it's just like it's so dark because any unfiltered comment section, that's what you're gonna get. Yeah, yeah. But also like I mean, most people aren't on the like they do attract insane people. <laughs> most British people I know are not are not in fucking Facebook groups doing this. Shit. Yeah, I mean at the same time, like I think it's worth also bearing in mind, but like our kind of way into this particular aspect of the British psyche comes through like Facebook groups and comment threads and stuff like that. And often when you really like dig into who is like the real people behind these things, they're often like quite comfortable and like well-to-do middle-class people who like are too lazy and also like not even too lazy, but like they're too kind of like concerned about their property to kind of even do any kind of like collective action against their kind of supposed enemies, right? Like they're much more happy, like letting themselves get as mad as possible um, so that they can say, and like, really that's the thing. I think they're like, and I think it's one of the reasons why so many of them are so obsessed with like free speech over anything else, because really what they want is just to say slurs. Like they just want to be able to say slurs. They have no kind of like vision for um, you know, what, you know, any sort of like collective, uh, co- you know, collective punishment. They don't really have like, even the idea of like, poor, like, you know, instituting like, um, deep, like doing deportation stuff like that is also too, like too ambitious for them. Um, one of the funniest things about like right wing, like various kind of like far right nationalist, uh, groups, uh, in the UK is like how much they complain about conservatives because they won't 
like they're not willing to give up anything for their like supposed political struggle. So they're very good at like distributing and sharing information online. And that is like a danger, like, don't get me wrong. Um, but they don't like have, but most of them don't have any desire to mobilize. Um, and I think that's also just like a very interesting insight into this particular aspect of the British psyche. Yeah. They just want a politician who's prepared to say the British N-word. Yeah. Nonce. That's right. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm overly sensitive towards this stuff, but I just, I see the rhetoric going unchallenged. You know, you see stuff that the BNP were saying 10 years ago that is in in not too disguised form, basically Tory policy now. Yeah, but it was also and, done, but it was also done by like a Nick Griffin for like, despite how much he tried to LARP being kind of like a working bloke, was like a private school Cambridge grad who like would have been in, like was in the Tory party, I think for a short period of time, but would have been like a Tory rising star had it not been for the fact that he was so narcissistic that like, he wanted to kind of be the star of the show immediately and just ended up getting, you know, making a fool of himself. Um, and he became a cooking YouTuber. And then he became a cooking YouTuber who like, you know, and I will make, I will make this admission. I don't think his beef stew is really that bad in terms of being a recipe. It looks, it, look, <laughs> it looks miserable. Don't get me wrong. Like mm. it looks like a very miserable, like he looks like he really is not enjoying himself while he's cooking, but it is not like as bad a meal as people said it was. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. sir. I cannot bring myself to say that it was a trash ass meal. It's, it's it, not. It's not that different from. Mm-hmm. It's not that different from Anthony Bourdain's like beef, beef, uh, beef stroganoff. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm just laughing at the idea. It's like, sir, I might reject your politics, but I will defend to the death your right to make a passable beef stew. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, look, I mean, I guess the point that I'm making is that we saw this play out in the 2019 general election here. You know, so many people that I knew were hearing stuff from their parents from Facebook groups or WhatsApp groups that were being shared, you know, um, of forged Corbyn tweets, uh, of, you know, Corbyn IRA stuff, of, you know, you know, EU is going to turn everybody trans and Muslim stuff. Um, all these insane conspiracy theories getting circulated. Uh, one of my mutuals told me that he knew a guy who worked at Facebook who was just completely blackpilled. And he's like, we can monitor a lot of the stuff that's being shared. And, and the stuff in Britain right now about Corbyn is just just like brain-destroyingly psychotic. And so I've worried about the way... Because I mean, to me, the first time I saw this stuff and it really freaked me out was uh, right around the time, like, yeah, I started seeing groups at all in, say, 2010, 2011-ish, thereabouts, when I'd come back from deployment. And like lots of people that I'd connected with who were soldiers of mine I joined on Facebook, I would see the stuff they were sharing, the stuff they were sharing with their families and, and or their family members were sharing. And it was groups like destroy Islam and stuff like that. And I was just like, uh, I don't think these groups should exist. One, um, one ambitious mm-hmm. Facebook group though. You do have to kind of credit them with like a sort of like a, bro- a broad vision there. Like, you know, like it certainly, it certainly shits all over like Essex Slimming World tips and tricks, doesn't it? In terms of like the scope of its ideals. I was say, like, like they, yeah. you know, they, they, uh, their reach may exceed their grasp, but you can't deny yeah. that it is at least an ambitious attempt. I fucking love the energy of a guy who's probably set up another Facebook group that's like, I don't know, like, uh, uh, be- best quotes from Roseanne. <laughs> and then, like, the other one is destroy Islam. I mean, I mean look, my, my take on this is like, you know, um, maybe if Pope Urban II cared more about the bins, he would have mm. succeeded against the, uh, the, the Saracen yeah. armies. That's his L. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? And it's our and L. Calling him Pope Urban was a bit of a dog whistle, <laughs> in my view. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's his what, L. What, yeah, what, what we what yeah. we need is a Pope suburb. Am I right? Yeah. It, it, well, the thing is, when you when you hand the Pope an L, he's just like fifty of what? <laughs> oh motherfucker! Yeah, that's fucking oh, right. Fuck you. That's fuck fucking you. right. Fuck you! Try and cancel me for my classical education. Fuck I don't you. care. Oh my I'm not embarrassed. God. I won't be shamed. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we call a pontiflex, folks. Oh, <laughs> Well, uh, thank you for listening to Trash Future. We're quitting this show and it's over. (laughs) We've all all quit in disgust. We've all abandoned our own podcast. We're going to start Rival. Before we go, I'll just say, as usual, we have a Patreon. It's uh, $5 Mm. a month. gets you all the bonus content unless you want an extra Britonology a month and a Q&A, in which case we have a $10 tier for that. In addition to all the other content, 
We also have my show, What a Hell of a Way to Die. We have Milo's two shows, if I'm not mistaken, Masters of Our Domain and Russian podcast for people who are Russian speakers. Yeah, if you want to speak, or if you don't speak Russian, you just want to hear me and Olga being deranged. Uh, they do sing songs in uh, where they redo lyrics, but in Russian, you know, American pop songs, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that's at mm-hmm. least fun to listen to if you don't speak the, the language at all. And then, of course, Absolutely. we have 10K Posts from Hussein, uh, a great show about posting a thing that has consumed our lives and mm-hmm. most of our parents, too, it seems these yeah. days. Yeah, I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like 10K Posts is a good these way of days. understanding um, how to save your parents before they fall into the trap of like, joining a group about cute cats and then coming out like completely deranged. But, you know, getting signing onto that person's Teespring, you know, portal. Yeah. And it's just like, dad, why did, why did you buy a shirt that says destroy Islam on it? <laughs> well, you know, it happens to the best of us. But anyway, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for once again, tolerating the super chaos configuration of the three of us. Uh, Riley, enjoy your hike. Uh, and everyone else, we will catch you on the bonus later this week. Also, don't forget the YouTube Zone streams Thursday and Sunday nights at 9 p.m. UK time. Hope you yeah, enjoy. Check that out. And if you think this was chaotic, check out yeah. the YouTube Zone. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.